This is a podcast from the Cat. You're listening to Business Brunch, and today we're talking to a local councillor and chair of the Economy and Growth Committee on Cheshire East Council. In the hot seat today, we're really pleased to welcome councillor Nick Mannion. Nick, welcome to the Cat. Good morning. Good morning, Dad. Now, Nick, you've, you've worked for Halton Borough Council for six years. You've, you've lectured in business studies and you've spent some time as a non-executive director of a housing trust. So talk us through your aspirations as a, a young man and bring us up to date with your journey so far. OK, there, thanks a lot. My dad was a trade union officer and he was also a local councillor in Macclesfield for a few years. Therefore, debates at the kitchen table sparked a lifelong interest in politics. I also was fortunate to meet many national political figures in my youth, such as Howard Wilson, Barbara Castle, Tony Benn, but also characters such as Ian Paisley and Enoch Powell, which, as a Roman Catholic, I found their perspectives rather thought-provoking, to say the least. Anyway, my hometown of Macclesfield was not very fertile territory in those days for the Labour Party, with at one point having no Labour councillors and Nicholas Winterton, the Conservative MP, having a majority of over 20,000. So I worked in housing and regeneration in some of the most disadvantaged communities for 30 years, and I was always inspired by those who, although they may have had least in financial terms, are often the most generous with their time to help others within their communities. My position in local government meant I was not able to be active in politics. Therefore, I was active in my local trade union movement, working against discrimination and bullying in the workplace especially. I have a strong sense of fairness and believe that as a society, we have a moral duty towards helping those in need of our our own crisis. We should not have to rely on their wealth or their connections with those in power at the top to help them. And that's how I've got to the position where I am now, Des. Nick, so uh, what would you say helped you develop the set of values that you've just explained? I think it was my first job. I was the, I was the housing trainee at Vale Royal Borough Council, which is now part of Cheshire West. And I worked in housing in Winsford. And I came um, and I I realised that working with people and working with people who'd often had a bad experience of dealing with them, us, the state or the council, I I was able to communicate and I was able to build relationships, but all the time able to maintain that professionalism and integrity. So that was probably, that probably formed, shaped, if, if that's the right word, my views for for the next 30, 30 years of my working life. And did you have a plan in regard to developing a skill set? No, I unfortunately or unfortunately, I've never had a, a life master plan or a route map. In fact, my uh, I had a job offer at leaving university to go and work for London Transport, but I I had a, got a serious rugby injury and that job went. So uh, I uh, went into housing in local government almost by accident uh, when I went to work for Vale Royal. And basically, I moved on and to new jobs uh, when I was attracted by, the, um, by what the job involved. So I've worked in Cheshire and then mainly in North Staffordshire, communities with which I'm very familiar. And, and would you say that the people that you mixed with have helped you develop uh, a political stance? 
or is it something that came natural to you? I'd say they helped me develop, they reinforced, if anything, my, my belief in, and I've come back to that word I used a few minutes back, of fairness. Some people uh, end up in a position that they're in through no fault of their own. And without, in, this, in our society, without access to, uh, to money or to people of influence, it's often very diffi- difficult to get a fair deal. And I found myself often um, helping people uh, by signposting them to other services that they could they could get up uh, wider than the housing service. Again, I'd never experienced anything like domestic violence in my home environment. So when I went into the working world, it was uh, it was a complete shock to me. And what I am pleased to say over the, my working life, the way we the way we respond and domestic abuse, both physical and emotional, has come on considerably. Because in the early days, it was very much um, something that wasn't talked about. No, you're quite right there. Uh, Nick, becoming a counsellor requires a, a huge personal commitment, and uh, and I'm sure you're very much aware of that by now. So uh, tell us, what made you stand for election as a county councillor? And share with us some of the milestones of your time in politics. Okay, uh, I left local government in 2014, which meant that I could get involved formally in politics. I'd worked with many, many councillors over the years, some of which were uh, inspirational and dedicated, others less so. And I have to say, a small minority, and I'll say this, (laughs) were utterly useless. And that's regardless of the colour of the rosette that they wore when they knocked on your door or went to the elections. So I felt I could offer a positive contribution to my community. So uh, I applied for and got selected as the the candidate in the ward in which I live, which was a bit unusual because I was offered a much safer ward or much more winnable ward because the ward I lived in had a Conservative councillor for many years. However, I won. I knocked on virtually every door canvassing and and I at the 2015 Cheshire East election I was the only Labour gain from the Conservatives so I'd done it I got there at the first attempt so I got stuck in I um, you know I instigated local ward surgeries uh, I, I set up a, a, a an estate Facebook page where people could contact us and got involved especially on the housing and regeneration agenda I was honoured to be asked by the leader of the Labour group, Sam Corcoran, to join his shadow cabinet when he set it up in 2017. Uh, helped him to write the uh, Labour manifesto for the 2019 Cheshire East elections. And at those elections in May tw- uh, 2019, we swept the Conservatives out of Macclesfield completely. Don't forget, this was a town where 25 years ago, there wasn't a single Labour councillor. Uh, now there's no, there isn't a single Conservative councillor in the town. And as I like to say on occasion, we've now created a, a Tory-free zone. And uh, I was offered the, I applied for, and was successful in um, securing the position in the Cabinet for the uh, Environment and Regeneration. I was also entrusted with setting up and launching our commitment as a council to becoming carbon neutral by 2025. Since May this year, the council system's changed slightly, and instead of having a cabinet, we now have committees. 
and I've been successful in being elected to be the chairman of the council's economy and growth committee. That's that's a, a considerable responsibility in regard to yourself. But just going back to to your local politics, doesn't sometimes having um, an opposition help you focus a little bit more? Oh, it does because the, it's the job of the opposition, and as they say in Parliament, they're Her Majesty's loyal opposition, and it's their jobs to scrutinise and to challenge and to question. So, yeah, a, a, an active an active opposition, in my, in my opinion, is healthy politics, uh, and it creates healthy debate. I, I did work for a council where there was very, very few opposition councillors, and um, you, you, there was, you can tell because the level of debate was nowhere near as well-researched, as conscientious, as it is where, like at Cheshire East, where things are finely balanced. And another thing, you also create relationships with member with your opposite number. Um, I'm not saying we'll ever be on each other's Christmas card list, but again, you respect their position, and you also know what their political perspective is on key issues that are coming up. Today, we're talking to Councillor Nick Mannion from Cheshire East Council. Uh, Nick, um, I understand the the council have bid for twenty five million pounds in respect of the town investment plan. Uh, and that it was a government requirement to form the Crew Town Board. So tell us a little about the board and how the bid is progressing. OK, yeah, we were... Um, the council submitted a bid to the Towns Fund um, about 18 months ago. Uh, and whilst the government's making very positive noises, we've not yet had the formal written confirmation of, of uh, how much we will receive. We've been told we're successful but we haven't actually had it confirmed of how much money we'll see, we will get. Now, this means we're, uh, we're having to hold back sharing all the, the details of the, um, of the portfolio of projects that we want to deliver under the Towns Fund until we know exactly how much the government's going to give us. Now, one of the conditions of applying to the Towns Fund was that we had to agree to the setting up of a town board for crew. There is also the requirement uh, that who should be represented on this board. Now, to have a board for uh, overseeing a, a government regeneration uh, budget, it's not unusual. I, I worked for many years uh, uh, on what was called the single regeneration boards um, in North Staffordshire. And so I've worked in the past, and again, key partners are drawn to join the board from the public, private and voluntary sectors, as well as from the local community. However, there is one difference with the, the town boards, and it's the first time that I can recall that a seat has been reserved for the local member of parliament. And indeed, most boards have had the local councillors on, uh, whether they represent uh, the local area that's um, the subject of the board, or they represent the uh, the area of the council's activity. But again, this is the first time I know there's actually a seat being um, labelled for the local sitting MP. Now, the board's only a few months old. We've got a very uh, proactive, uh, quite inspirational chairman who's a local businessman, Doug Kingsman. But we're still only a few months old, and so we're still, we're still developing. Uh, but again, we've got members of the board from the, from the local college, uh, from the local voluntary sector, such as the YMCA, from uh, the Lyceum Theatre, 
uh, from the council. I, I sit on it as a councillor for uh, Chester East, and Councillor Jill Rhodes sits on it as a councillor for Crew Town Council. So it's interesting, and I'd, I'd say that when you have a group, you have the um, forming, norming, and storming. I think we've just about ended the forming, and we're about to end, go into the norming phase. Obviously, and that will obviously be when we are made aware of exactly how much funding the government's going to let us have to uh, spend on crew. Now that it's interesting that you talked about the uh, norm, norming and forming, because um, when you've got sixteen people from quite different backgrounds, you're going to get a conflict uh, of of opinion. And um, do you get the feeling it will be an effective board? Yeah, I, I think obviously the early the early meetings were. And I'll use the phrase where, you know, we didn't know each other. People didn't know one another. Uh, and, uh, you know, some people were more experienced at this type of thing than others. But I'd like to think, certainly in the last couple of meetings, uh, we've, uh, we're working as a group. We're leaving, uh, we're leaving um, and I use the phrase, we're leaving our baggage at the door. And at the end of the day, we've all got one commitment that runs through what we're doing, like Blackpool Rock in that we want to build a better crew for the future and, and for the and for the residents and future generations of crew. And yeah. there's a lot of knowledge, there's a lot of experience there, and there's a lot of expertise. And what we need to do is, is, is get the biggest bang for our books out of that. You know, they call it synergy, and I think that's starting to happen with the board. Well, that's good to hear, Nick. Some of the the knock-on effects, some of the outcomes of the town investment plan include uh, attracting new jobs, improving uh, skills and knowledge in the job pool, uh, training young people and and retraining adults. So please talk us through how how this investment will make positive changes for Crew's workforce. That's one of the real important questions. It's still early days, and as I say, we, we, we still haven't got the formal go-ahead and the money from the government. And the rules the government have put in place for what's called the Town Investment Fund, is it, is it, is the money needs to should be spent on what's called capital investment, i.e. that means to be spent on buildings and, and improving infrastructure, not necessarily developing services, which are the types of things to improve skills or employment opportunities. Therefore, this is where the work of Chester East Council and our other partners, such as South Chester College and the, uh, the Chester and Warrington LEP comes in. We need to ensure we've got the right contracts that will enable the maximum number of local people to benefit from em- employment opportunities. Now, an example of that is the council's working with HS2 uh, who's delivering obviously the new rail infrastructure to connect local businesses into its supply chain because there are considerable benefits there and there are for that purpose we're organizing events during june and july to inform companies what are happening similarly we want to make sure the new jobs that come with hs2 go to local people you know local we don't want local firms having to recruit outside crew and chester east so we're working on what's called a pre- pre-recruitment process with HS2, so local people will know what to expect when applying for jobs as part of what is very sexually called Phase 2A 
<laughs> of the of LHS2 with the new rail link up to Crewe. And we'll be using, and finally, we'll be using the good practice with our partners, including the college and Job Centre Plus, to roll out these opportunities as they arise. Because that's, that's the key thing. We've got to make sure as, as many local businesses and local people get an advantage out of HS2 as possible. And, and, and we, that's what we're doing now. We're setting up the framework to do that. And it, it's important because these skills will be skills for the future. Hopefully HS2 will expand and extend beyond crew up to Manchester and across to Leeds. And again, those skills will be transferable to new jobs on that extension. I'm sure it can only be good uh, good for the area and certainly uh, good for crew. Today we're talking to councillor Nick Mannion. Uh, Nick, the, the town investment plan, as we were discussing before the news, um, will also include uh, investment in crews, fabric and infrastructure. So share with us how you intend to achieve this whilst uh, protecting our architectural gems and building on what's already in place. Obviously, uh, protecting crews' heritage is important uh, and it can be seen in the plans for the investment in Memorial Square where the remodelling and reopening of the crew market hall demonstrates how we can um, uh, modernise and reinvent uh, heritage assets such as the market hall so they can be used well into the future. One of the things that we've got on our list of potential um, projects through the, future, through the Future High Streets Fund, which is another source of funding from the government for the council, is to bring forward a scheme for Christchurch, which will transform the chancel, that's the red brick building at the, uh, at the bottom of the church tower, into a, an innovation centre and into shared office space, which crew town centres rather short of. This work will also mean we'll be undertaking restoration to Christchurch's clock tower, um, which along with the Big Bill are two of the iconic sites in Cruise Town Centre. Uh, Big Bill's, as many people know, has been put into safe store at the uh, Rail Heritage Centre at the moment. And we've got some uh, um, a whole list of potential sites for it to be um, rebuilt across the town centre uh, when the opportunity arises. But again, yeah, you, 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 you're dead right, uh, Des. Um, how we how we treat our buildings is um, is as what somebody once said. It's a sign of how civilised our civic society is. And we don't want to preserve them in aspect as such, but we want them to be living buildings that people work in, live in and use on a regular basis. So that's what's behind our philosophy to do with architects, our architectural gems. Well, I mean, it's really good to hear that there's a plan forming and, and the, these old buildings will, will add character to the town once the job's been completed. You've already mentioned the, uh, the Crew Market Hall and it would be good to uh, add a little bit more detail to what's gone on there. So it is certainly uh, one of the council's success stories. So tell us how the concept was developed to, to refurbish it and, um, and what's been the current feedback? Well, the, the market hall is, is plonked right in the centre of um, 
what I call the municipal, uh, more formally the, the memorial square. Uh, it's got the Lyceum behind it. It's got the memorial square in front of it where um, we've got plans for the Family History Centre on the other side of the Memorial Square. And one of the things that I think we all now accept, and probably lockdown due to COVID has is, is accelerated, is that how we shop and how we, uh, how we go out and about has changed. And the rationale for local markets has changed just the same. I can remember being dragged around um, uh, Macclesfield Market by my grandma, and having to carry a very heavy onion bag full of potatoes, um, apples, oranges, and um, turnips, etc. Now, we don't go into town to do our food shopping now. We, the majority of us, go to uh, supermarkets. So, bluntly, markets are having to uh, adapt or die. So, one of the things that we were looking at, we were determined to, um, to keep the market whole, to, uh, to restore it, but create a vibrant, all-weather, covered space, true to its historic roots, that would attract both local residents, but also, importantly, encourage people to visit Crewe and to stay a while, and more importantly, to spend their money with our local traders at the market hall. So what we did, and um, I'm a great believer in there's nothing new on, the, nothing new on, the, uh, in, on this earth, we worked with um, a specialist firm of uh, market hall developers who had a proven track record. We looked at other places such as Altrincham to see how they'd managed to uh, revive their covered market. Uh, and the result is um, the market hall, but what I like to stress, it's cruise market hall. It's got crew, it's, 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 it's what's right for crew, hopefully. Now, also, it's going to be at the centre of a range of exciting other regeneration projects. One's called LY2, which is in Lyceum Square, uh, round the back. And I've already mentioned the Family History Centre on the other side of Memorial Square, coming down the runway. So again, it, it will hopefully be a focus of people to come into the town. And it won't just operate 9 till 5. It's, that was another thing we were keen. We were keen to draw people into the into crew town centre other than just to go to the pub or the cinema so it's early success and we're not complacent about it it's been very encouraging and we now need to build upon that and obviously as you've already touched on it's keeping the wealth generated in crew staying in crew and not being taken out by large uh, internationals and multinationals Indeed, they they have their place. The world is a, a the world is a, a a much smaller place through the internet. We're all joined up, uh, but again, we want people to come to Crew to spend the money in Crew and businesses based in Crew and staffed by Crew people. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. It's really important. Today, we're talking to Councillor Nick Mannion from Cheshire East Council. Uh, Nick, I understand the council is very keen on uh, changing lifestyles to reduce carbon emissions, uh, attracting new green businesses and developing new low carbon technologies. So tell us how this is progressing and uh, and outline some of the difficulties involved in getting people and businesses uh, or people and the business sector on board. Thanks, yes. Yeah, this is what some people have called the next industrial revolution or the green revolution. 
but it's still very much an emerging sector of our economy. Again, um, we're not sure whether lockdown will have had a, and the uh, pandemic would have had a positive or negative impact on it. But what I what I can tell you as a, as a councillor uh, is that many residents are now demanding that their that their local and national politicians uh, get the finger out and start working to create a greener, more a more sustainable future for our communities. However, saying that, I can understand the, the, the reluctance for business to jump in with both feet. And um, me and you, uh, Des, can both remember that debate we had stood outside probably Rumbelows or Curry's. Do we go for a Betamax or do we go for a VHS recorder? Well, I went for VHS. My dad went for Betamax. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so that's one of the challenges. There are still, you know, do we go for, do, again, uh, the council has a challenge. Do we, we, we've got some of our smaller vehicles, little vans and that, we're gone, we've gone for electric power. Uh, whilst the bigger ones, we've got, uh, we've, we're, we're on a long-term trial with a hydrogen-powered bin wagon that uses hydrogen generated from recycled waste from Cheshire East wheelie bins. But the best advert, the best way to encourage business to um, to have the confidence to invest, and the money invested by business is far, far more than the government and, lo- and local councils are ever going to have access to, is success. Now, we're developing a success story out at Leighton Grange, where we're, um, we're, you know, we're creating clean energy, um, We've got Oldley Park, the, old, the former ICI place uh, near Macclesfield, where when ICI pulled out to go to Cambridge, and it was all doom and gloom, but I'm told now there are more people there working in bio and um, environmental sciences than were ever employed there when it was run by ICI. And also, we need to build our new estates and communities in a way that's more sustainable. And an example of that is the Handforth Garden Village, where we have things such as district heating systems, etc. And the government at last seems to recognise that it has to take a lead on, on the, uh, to an extent, just as we've done with our efforts to decarbonise our buildings, you know, to make them, um, to use less energy, uh, and um, and to remodel them and to move away from things like gas, petrol and diesel for fuel. And uh, as part of all this, our economic development team at the council recognised that this is an area where our local businesses need information. I use the phrase that used to be used for the career service, information, advice and guidance. They have to, they have to have up-to-date, accurate, objective information on which to base their business decisions. And if you think about it, if every small and medium-sized business in crew took on one apprentice every year, that would be fantastic. So what we've got to do is we've got to, uh, we've got to capture as much of this new market, this new sector of the economy as possible. And because what we do know is once you get um, a, a hub or a cluster of businesses working in a similar environment and a similar sector of the economy, it starts to generate much more sustained and, uh, and faster growth. 
And that's one of the things we need to do. Now, an example of that is, believe it or not, it's not in Crewe, it's over in Wimslow. And I didn't know this until fairly recently. Wimslow is the northwest hub for the gaming industry. Now, when we say gaming, we don't, I don't mean football or rugby. I mean the computer gaming, for writing the, um, for writing the new games, etc. And it's created a lot of spin-off employment in the area as well. So that's what we need to do for crew and for crew businesses. So that's our role, to provide information, support and advice for our local businesses so they're confident enough to make those investments. Uh, and certainly you can see that you're, you're moving in the right direction and uh, once it starts gathering momentum, as you've quite rightly said, it, more people will come on board. So, so it can only be a good thing. Nick, you're, you're chair of the Council's Economy and Growth Committee, so talk us through how you see the next few years unfolding in the borough of Cheshire East. Right, well, we've only met once, because <laughs> it's only been newly formed. But what I want to say, looking at, looking at the future, for, for the past 20, 30 years, government has wanted, local government, national government, has wanted local government to operate as a business. And whilst I'm happy uh, uh, that there's a growing acceptance that while councils need to be efficient, effective and business-like, we provide literally hundreds of services. Many of this uh, we deliver to our most vulnerable residents. And the key word there I use is service. And I'll I'll go back right to the beginning of our chat this morning, Des, uh, when we were talking about fairness. And such services will never be profit centres on a spreadsheet in the purest uh, accounting or business sense. But for example, we do know that keeping a young person in learning greatly increases their chances of getting a decent job, also help persuading people not to start smoking in the first place or helping them to stop smoking, to drink less and have a better diet and take exercise, helps ease pressure on our, our, our services and especially for the NHS in future years. One that's close to my heart is housing. Uh, Parts of Cheshire East, uh, housing is completely unaffordable for many young people. And what we've got to do is is to avoid what I've been told by some young people who who are from Crewe. They've had to move out of Cheshire East to places like Stoke because that's where the only place they can afford to live. And then they're commuting back into Crewe to work. Well, one of my challenges and one of my objectives is to is to create genuinely affordable housing, whether that's rented or it's or it's to buy. So our next generation, as well as working in crew, they can put the roots down in the town, and th- and that's the biggest investment that anybody can make at commitment for the next generation. So that's one of the priorities that I want my committee to work on. I can see that you're applying your your personal set of values to to what to these outcomes, and um, it all sounds really good, Nick. And I do thank you very much for joining us today and and giving us an insight into the mechanics of of local government and and an indication into how future investment will affect the the uh, local economy. It's uh, it's been a hugely interesting chat. So before before you go, uh, please tell our listeners how they can contact the council and its councillors. Right. Well, as is inevitably now, most of the most of the information we need can be found online. However, 
I know that, and certainly my parents' generation, they are not that technically savvy. So use your counsellor. If you want to find something out, contact your local counsellor. Regardless of what political stripe they are, they're our, we work for you. We work for the council taxpayers of Cheshire East. You're our first priority. So if you want to find something out, or you want to know something, or you want help about something, contact your local counsellor. If, if we don't know it, we'll, we'll know somebody, we'll hopefully know somebody who will know it uh, at Cheshire East or in another organisation. And as I say, I'll say it again, we as councillors work for you. Yeah, no, that's terrific. And uh, the, the name of the website, Nick, before you go. It's just Cheshire East, and it's double E in, in the middle, cheshireeast.gov.uk. And there's a search facility there. If you put what you're looking for, it should hopefully come up and direct you to the right page. Uh, there is also, if you put Crew Town, if you go to the Chesteries Council website and put Crew Town Board in there, it will direct you to their website as well. Go to listen.thisisthecat.com for more podcasts and more ways to listen.